O-T-B-G-A-A. Hurling games, all we can do is do our absolute best, and, but we have to dust ourselves down and we have to go again. Just be the best that you can be after that. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Alan Dillon is a former male footballer who now, of course, is a Finnegan TD and joins us on the line now to talk to us about the situation with regards to GA Go and, in, in particular, RTE. Uh, RTE were out yesterday defending themselves on the 6 1 news. Um, but, Alan, you've got a view on this um, that maybe. You know, as a as a politician, you raising these questions, they're going to have to answer them. We raise the questions, and we, we've uh, requested in with RTE and indeed with the GA to come on and, and talk to us this morning and hopefully this evening about this issue. But you guys might get answers where we we might not be able to. So, what questions do you want answered, Alan? Well, good morning, Ger, uh, and thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, it, it certainly, you know, I suppose the decision to place both football and hurling uh, behind a paywall is, consider- uh, is causing considerable distress amongst GA fans uh, across the country. Uh, and firstly, it needs to be established. Did the GA uh, explore other broadcasting options uh, or did they just decide to place uh, football and hurling games behind a paywall uh, following Sky's exit from the market? Um in recent days, there's been an alarming lack of transparency around RTE's 50% stake in Diego. Uh, you know, I suppose uh, contributing to that, you know, did RTE simply agree to keep um, these games behind a paywall to increase revenue for Diego and themselves? Um, and that's despite you know, RTE receiving increased state funding. Uh, RTE now have more sports rights than it can broadcast. And yet licensed payers are being asked to subsidise RTE further by paying for GAA sports content through GAA Go. Um, you know, we've seen that they, they are actually cherry picking key championship games for placement behind the paywall. Uh, and this seems less about fair selection. And I listened to the head of um, to the group head of sport within RTE yesterday around, the, you know, the selection being subjective. Um, but certainly, you know, it's it's more about a bid to increase their subscribers. Uh, and for me, it's counterintuitive for RTE, who is the public service body, to disregard uh, a significant proportion of viewers. You know, he talked yesterday about 250,000 viewers watching Munster Championship matches in favour of focusing on an app-based uh, streaming platform for these types of games. So yesterday, you know, given that RTE is receiving increased revenues from this arrangement, you know, it just seems unfair and unjust that the public should have to bear the burden of what they're already paying for within the licence fee. Yeah, uh, so you've raised a, yeah, you've raised a lot of interesting points there. And the transparency one is the one that I'm. Um, I, I'd just like to focus on at the moment. Um, they're saying it's commercially sensitive to release the the number of viewers, but how, how is it commercially sensitive when there's no other uh, commercial entity in the country who has broadcast rights? So. You know, RTE, if they were in competition with GA Go, would be very interested to know what the figures for GA Go were. But, oh, wait a second, the group head of RTE Sport is on the board of GA Go, as is the director general of RTE. Is that not a conflict of interest? 
Well, in my eyes, it is. You know, you have D Forbes and you have Declan McBennett, um, you know, singing off both hymn sheets, you know, uh, looking at what the RT schedule should be in terms of their um, mandate to provide 16 uh, live games, uh, which are predetermined set pieces. And we all understand the importance of these. But the decision and the fair selection around the other 15 games is now being called into question. Um, yes, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a condensed season, you know, and we understand the challenges that are faced by broadcasters. Um, but the selection of the 38 GA Go games needs certainly to be, uh, needs to be scrutinized even further uh, as a result. Um, we talk about hurling and, and the Munster Championship being, you know, the iconic games that we all want to see. So, you know, for, for them to, to, to say that the most important games, uh, are usually defined largely by where you come from. I think, you know, coming up to, um, May 20th when we have a, a double header where you have the last four teams who've contested our Ireland finals, um, you know, you know, the decision making around placing these games on a Saturday, you know, is strategic in nature because like we've seen, you know, after 17 championship weekends, there are just five Saturdays where RT will probably, will, will broadcast live action. And that's a clear sign of what direction, um, RT are taking and the GEA in the interests of increasing subscription into this area. So if, if we just need to be very clear on this, if, if there is an organisation and you're on the board of that organisation, while you, you're uh, capable of representing some of the interests of your shareholder, you know, you're actually, your job is to make the company run as well as it possibly can. So their job is to make GEA Go be successful. And for GEA Go to be successful, it has to have the highest number of subscriptions. That seems to be counterintuitive to the position of a national broadcaster whose job it is to provide value for money for the licence fee. That- That's correct. That, that is certainly correct. Um, and as I said earlier, they're disregarding a, a significant proportion of viewers in favour of uh, a, an app-based you know, internet streaming platform. For these types of games, so for profit, know, for, for profit. Sorry, we should say that this is a, a private yes. company that is is it's not a not it's not a non profit. You can you can everybody can search up the company registration office and their constitution. It is a private company and behaves and thinks and acts like a private company. And their job is to make profit, and they're very very good at that job. They made a million in profit in twenty twenty one. Those are publicly available figures. It's the most recent up to date figures that have been published. They made a million euro profit, and that's even before they had exclusive rights to the Monster Hurling Championship. And as you've said, I mean, I, I think the, so the hurling community are really agitated at the moment. But wait till the football community in a couple of weeks' time goes to sit down in front of the telly and on Saturday evening they're like, where's the game? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like, you know, hurling, you know, isn't played at the same degree in Mayo, you know, but that's not to say that we really enjoy watching any of the, you know, premier counties compete you know, in the All-Ireland series. And I, I think I would express the same regard for, you know, people who aren't dominated by, by football, that, you know, these really important clashes, like we have a very short season, so we want to see the best games live and have it accessible in every 
you know, every person's living room. Uh, but uh, the decision making here around some key people who have, as you said earlier, have, you know, conflict on both sides, um, looking after, you know, RTE's interest, which is the, the national public broadcaster, but also trying to ensure that they're maximizing profits on the other hand um, by ensuring that some of these games are behind a paywall. So, you know, it, it, it just, you know, needs Questions need to be asked in relation to this. Like yesterday, I talked about, you know, is it a case now that we should be reducing the license fee in the the upcoming budget in September? You know, as a response to RTE's increased revenue, you know, from this type of paywall. Um, And, you know, that would certainly send a clear message about the importance of both maintaining affordable and equitable access to our national sports. I guess we don't know what the increased revenue is because it's commercially sensitive information to uh, know what is coming in from GEA Go. Uh, Alan, on that greater point then about RTE, do you believe that they can have that balance of being a public service broadcaster while essentially competing with themselves as a 50% stakeholder in what's a commercial organisation? Well, I think that they, like their, their first priority is to be the national broadcaster. And I think for the licensed PEs, they expect a service to be delivered on free to air. Um, and I think the commercial interests now are certainly muddy in the water in this regard. But certainly, I think I have concerns around the radio silence from the GAA in relation to the transparency around um, the decision to explore other broadcasting options. And I think, you know, what, Virgin Media stated in their press release last night has, you know, uh, provided a lot more clarity in relation to uh, their dealings with the GEA. Um, because we see in, in, in the Ulster Championship, we've had BBC who are providing a, a free to air service. So, uh, you know, if we're looking to promote uh, our national games and we're serious about it, um, then we need to really, really look at what um, media rights are currently in place, um, and certainly um, the the GA the thirty eight GA Go games uh, that are being selected are being selected to maximise profits, as as we said, but at the cost of the licence payer. And I think that's really at the heart of the conversation here today, and at the heart of every GA fan across the country who wants to actually see these games. And if this is a five year deal. You know, there there will be outrage uh, by the time we get to you know 2027, 2028, that uh, a lot of these games uh, people haven't had the opportunity to see. And again, you know, in the current economic climate that we're in, you know, with cost of living uh, increases, bills, you know, uh, at extortionate rate, they're being asked to fork up 12 euro per game for a, a web-based uh, platform, uh, which isn't uh, a, a replica of what we previously had around the Sky Deal, which was a digital service that was on mainstream TV. So it isn't like for like in this instance. Alan, Alan do you have any concerns uh, around the the rights generally and the competition or lack thereof? I do, I do. You know, I, I, I certainly feel um, if you look at um, our national game uh, and the way the season now is condensed, um, I think, you know, a lot of the discussion around 
putting games behind uh, a paywall, you know, and, and also both the financial and, and technological, uh, you know, inequalities that exist in this country um, are, a, are a, a, a reason of concern. Uh, and I believe it's crucial that we have an opportunity to revisit this issue uh, and that the delegates and the membership have an opportunity at the next GAA Congress uh, to propose uh, uh, a review or a termination on the existing deal and ask, is there an opportunity for other broadcasters to uh, enter into the market and restructure it in a way that we have more games uh, live uh, and free to air uh, and that we're promoting our product in a more accessible way. We were told by a spokesperson, an unnamed spokesperson in, in um, the papers during the week that uh, they, they need to sell these rights because otherwise they won't be able to keep the organisation going and they won't be able to pay for a refurbishment of Stadia, etc. But in in the overall scheme of things, the GA, their annual report in, in um, 2023 annual report, so 2022 revenue, had total revenue of £96 million. Like the amount of money that we're talking about here and the, the rights for Sky and the, the amount of money, it's like it's a fraction of that, a tiny fraction of that. And we also know that there's loads of ways that the GA can, can raise revenue. They're excellent at doing it and they've been excellent at doing it. And they get a significant amount of funding already through Sport Ireland from the Exchequer. And now they're getting extra funding through the Exchequer by way of RTE and the licence fee. You do have to wonder at some point, do they actually need to generate all this money really? Like at, at some point, and this is the tension that, that there is in the organisation where there's a, there's a group of people whose job it is to maximise the revenue earning capability of the GA, and they're in the offices in Croke Park and that there is a tension with the volunteers around the country. Is it time for somebody within the GA to kind of say, OK, enough, this is enough. We actually, we are a community-based organisation and we're not going to absolutely maximise the amount of money that we could make from our GA rights, but that doesn't matter because... We're a community-based organisation. Yeah, I'd have to agree, Ger. You know, the ethos of the GAA is that they, they don't leave anyone behind. But in this instance, they're leaving a huge cohort of its uh, support base uh, uh, left on the side. Um, and, you know, that is really concerning. You know, media rights itself, uh, as you stated, you know, total up, I think, 11.5 million over the last um, TV deal that was an- announced. So, you know, Sky were on the hook for, I think, over two million per annum. But it's only one fifth of what the organization actually, uh, their, their, their annual uh, turnover in the year, I think it's in the region of over, over 90 million. So it's a small proportion, but it, it is an enormous uh, opportunity, though, in terms of the media rights. Uh, and and what we actually see uh, in every person's living room that we have the younger generation seeing their idols uh, and have access to see them on, both on on free to air um, or uh, across other broadcasting platforms. But I'm not sure if you know thought was actually given to what the GAA Go platform was originally established for, and that was to connect the Irish diaspora internationally. And now it's been shoehorned into a into a position where, you know, we we don't have uh, fantastic you know internet coverage across the country. You know, we've only fifty percent uh, reliable or um, you know steady 
streaming services across um, uh, internet providers. And that again is bringing its own uh, challenges uh, where, you know, people viewing these games on their tablets or uh, on their laptops have intermittent um, signal. And, you know, we've, we, I've heard accounts from frustrated, you know, customers who just can't get that reliable uh, streaming service um, due to inadequate broadband. So we, we've moved a lot quicker here than one would have thought uh, in this regard. And um, yes, you know, media revenue is important, but it's not the be all or end all. Uh, and we need to get real in relation to how we actually, you know, look after um, the community-based volunteers so the, the, uh, and, ensure, yeah. and ensure that we have, um, uh, you know, an inclusive uh, product that's available uh, across, um, you know, every home. I remember 10 years ago, um, you know, when, when we were playing back in 2012, 2013, you know, August Bank Holiday weekend was always the weekend that everyone wanted to be still in the championship. And we had coverage uh, on games on the Saturday, on the Sunday, and on the bank holiday Monday. And that was even before uh, media rights were were an issue. What about the argument that with GEA Go, all the money is going back into the organisation as opposed to Sky, which you're dead right. was 50% a very, of it, obviously. 50%, sorry, 50% of it. But uh, the rest is uh, going back into RTE. And as Declan McBennett said, they spend that on more uh, sports which, rights. Which they'll warehouse and not be able to show. They've got too many, as Alan Dillon said, they've got too many. Anyway, go on. But but that argument that uh, I didn't agree with at the time, and I think Sky, as you say, it's on your TV, it's in HD, uh, there's no issues with streaming, that it's staying within the country, it is going back to grassroots. And you're right on, you know, Maybe how much money does the GEA actually need over the course of the year? But it's better than it going to a private organisation. I don't think I'd agree with that, uh, Nathan, because um, you know it, it, it certainly we we haven't got the detail or, or the transparency to, to understand the the um, strategic um, you know plan. For Diego, that's, what a, is- that's a very good point, Alan. And to, sorry to interrupt because on the news last night, Declan McBennett made the point that they did pay for rights, so they're actually paying. The GEA are, are now we're, we're being told paying themselves to buy rights. This is a very strange situation we've we've walked ourselves into, where the taxpayer is is fronting up half of the money for that now. But they also didn't have to compete with anybody for those rights because the GEA didn't go back to the market after the deal with Sky fell through. Uh, that's what we were, that's what we're told. And I think we need to establish that you know did the GEA look for you know or explore other broadcasting options before they actually entered into a, an agreement uh, with RTE and did RTE as I said earlier just agree to place uh, football and hurling matches behind a paywall. Yeah, and, and uh, you used a very strong word, or you're qu- quoted in the papers that is using the word cartel. Do you stand over that? Well, I think until we get clarification in relation to um, G- the GAA and the RTE controlling uh, the distribution of these games, there's no one else in the market here, Ger. So, you know, there is heightened these concerns and calling into question both the, the principle of fairness and competition. So I think we need to explore, was there an, uh, another broadcasting option that RTE reached out to? And the one that everyone would be talking about would be, you know, Virgin or 
or TG4? Would they actually asked, um, you know, to see what they would actually bring to the table? Or take the Sky deal. They could have taken the Sky or, deal. Or, or the Sky deal, absolutely. And Sky yes. wanted to broadcast more games. Yeah, that, that, our information is that Sky wanted to broadcast more games. Um, and, 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 and in all fairness, Sky did provide a, 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 a very good service. And, and more or less, Sky uh, had taken over the, the, um, the Saturday uh, broadcasts uh, of live action. Um, but we see now the direction that the GAA want to take, and that's to place all these Saturday games behind a paywall. Uh, Alan, listen to Declan McBenna chatting to Katrina Perry yesterday. Uh, he essentially said that this five-year broadcast deal, they are quite happy or open at least to going back at the end of each year uh, and review. Um, in your opinion, in your opinion, should that happen now at the end of this year? Clearly, nothing's going to happen, as Declan said during this championship campaign but but following this campaign should that five year deal be be assessed and reviewed again i think it needs to i i think you know if you gauge the temperature and the anger amongst the ga community this fiasco now has been going on for the last two to three days you know i think it, it's done reputational damage for both the ga and rt in terms of you know it's the trust and the integrity around the current uh, media rights package that's been available to both um, GEA fans across the country, and I don't expect this to to, to go away anytime soon. Especially no. with the bigger games, you know, um, coming up over the next number of weeks, uh, and, and you know, we we have more games than ever. Uh, you know, RT have more media sports rights than what they can broadcast. So. Yeah, I, I just feel that. Okay, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm out of time, Alan. But I did want to ask you a final question: Is there a world in which you just see RTE being forced to divest their shareholding in GA Go, and then there would actually be some competition between them, and it wouldn't look so cosy that there's one rights buyer in the market who owns fifty percent in in conjunction with the seller of the rights? Because I don't feel like we're getting value for money as taxpayers when an organisation is sitting down at the same table with their business partners. Well, that's what what I said yesterday in my tweet. That is, it's a license fee increase to the back door. You know, they're they're getting um, increased revenue as a result of this uh, arrangement. And again, they're the national uh, broadcaster. So uh, I would agree that um, there needs to be a, a hard look in relation to the conflict of interest here from both. You know, the group head of sport and the director general in RTE in relation to how this arrangement was uh, put in place and uh, if going forward that this arrangement can can continue uh, without any uh, conflict of interest as as previously said. I'm sure the competition authority would be interesting and and, and, um, maybe uh, maybe some of the other uh, statutory bodies could have a look at it and and you guys as I said earlier at the start you you have a much better chance of getting answers to these questions and and, uh, thanks very much for coming on this morning Alan Dillon uh, TD there we as I said we have uh, requests in to um, Declan McBennett and to the GA to come on and talk to us on the show it's a standing offer and you can come on this evening yeah, yeah, absolutely. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.